everybody, and welcome back to Keeping Up With Craft, a short conversation in which we try to help you keep up with the goings-on of the craft CMS community and web development in general by highlighting cool stuff that happened that we think is worth a look. I'm Michael Rogg. I'm Andrew Welch from NY Studio 107. Uh, so the first thing on our list, I'm sure you've seen it, is Craft CMS has a brand spanking new homepage design. Yeah, it's a really nice new design that was uh, done by uh, Philip, and uh, they also revamped the entire back end of the site. They're using a nice modern workflow. Their Google Page Speed Insights is off the charts. It went from 71 to 97 or something like that for for mobile and uh, I might have had a little something to do with that I, I work with them to get the pages uh, loading a little bit faster for everyone you, uh, you did a bunch of uh, SEO work as well for the craft home page yeah I, I did more uh, optimization uh, which is it's actually pretty noticeable if you're just navigating around the pages things are a lot snappier uh, especially on mobile uh, the experience is going to be a whole lot nicer, but uh, and that that does affect SEO to an extent. Um, but yeah, also we implemented the SEOmatic plugin on their site, and that I did some of that, and they are finishing up some of that as well. Yeah, and that's Philip Lester, by the way. When you said Philip, for those who don't know, uh, Philip Lester is the owner of Dream Ten, and he did the new design, and I really like it. Um, my favorite part are the inline videos. Uh, as you scroll down the page, you can see, you know, moving images of craft being used, sort of like the, the newspapers in Harry Potter where the images come to life. And um, and I think it's really cool, especially just for, um, for non-technical folks who come to the site, just to kind of scroll through the page and see all of these features of craft, you know, in motion um, and, and see what it's like to be in the system and, and use craft. Uh, I think is good for um, for demonstrating the product and getting folks excited about, especially about all the new stuff in 2.6. Yeah, and I think they did a really nice job blending the technical focus of the site as well as um, a little bit of a higher level, you know, meant for content managers or people who are signing the checks to kind of get them to uh, see that craft is a really good offering for them. So a little thing, Craft 2.6, no big deal, just the thing that we've all been waiting for for months and months. Um, actually, I don't know if it's been that long. Has it been months and months? 2.5 was in December. It was December 1st. So it has been months and months. <laughs> so the big, I think, headline feature of Craft 2.6 is eager loading. Um and uh, yep. for folks not familiar with, with eager loading, the opposite of eager loading is lazy loading, which is what Craft does uh, right now. So when you call craft.entries or craft.assets or craft.users, anything that gives you an element criteria model, that object that you get back, the element criteria model, represents a query. But that query hasn't been executed yet. It's only executed as soon as it needs to be, um, which allows for some pretty nice uh, performance aspects. The problem then is um, if you have a property on one of your elements, so maybe you query a list of entries, and those entries have a uh, an entries relationship field or an assets field um, or a matrix field, all of those things themselves are going to give you element criteria models, and then when you use them in your templates, then 
those element criteria models will run their queries and fetch their elements. So if I have a list of entries and each one has some other related entries, then we run into what's called the n plus 1 query problem. So the first query, that's the 1, brings me back all of my elements, in this case my entries, and there's n of them. Now for each of them, I have to run a query to find out which things are related to them, the, the contents of their related entries field. So when it's all said and done, in order to pull back a list of entries and also for each one of them list out whatever is related to them, that's going to take n plus 1 queries, which if you have a long list of stuff uh, or multiple relationship fields or matrix fields on an entry that you're using, that adds up to a lot of MySQL queries, which slows down your rendering and makes your template kind of uh, non-performant. Yeah, and I want to just want to I just want to interject real quick that even if you think that you don't have related entries in your queries, you probably do, uh, because asset fields are elements in their own right, uh, or, and so there will be additional queries for those. I mean, let's say you're iterating through a hundred blog entries, and you have asset fields for an image for those blog entries. Well, it's going to be an additional query to get to get at the assets that are in those entries. So you very likely have. Uh, this problem, whether you think you do or not. Yeah, so the solution to this problem is eager loading. Uh, and so eager loading uh, is what happens when you can say to the system, all right, I'm going to pull this list of blog posts, and I already know that each of these blog posts has some assets attached to it. So instead of waiting until after I query uh, my blog posts, and then running an assets query for each one of them, just go ahead and execute one big assets query beforehand, and then let PHP kind of divvy up what comes back and attach it to the right blog entries in my list. Yeah, I'm laughing because you came perilously close to saying one big ass query, okay? Right, well... <laughs> which it is. It is, which it, which it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Sorry. Sorry, I couldn't help it. Yeah, so then instead of having n plus 1 queries, you actually have m many fewer queries. You're going to have one query that pulls back your original elements, your blog posts, and then you're going to have one big query to pull back all of the assets that are related to all of those blog posts, and then you're, you might have another query to like set up the mapping you know, or do, or do some other ancillary metadata stuff, but you don't have one query for every blog post. So right. you end up with a much faster, more performant template. And uh, this also, I, I say template, but this is the same if you're pulling an element criteria model in some plugin that you're writing. Uh, you have access to this eager loading as well. And what's really cool about their implementation here in Craft 2.6 is you can actually eager load nested elements. So if I know that I have some blog posts and each of those blog posts has a related blog post and each of the related blog posts has some assets, I can actually tell the system to eager load all of that. And so instead of having like an n plus 1 times n plus 1 right. query problem. I just have like five or six query, very few queries um, to pull it all back. And then PHP 
sort of sorts it out and maps all of the relationships and attaches the elements where they're supposed to go, even in, you know, fields that are nested in fields that are nested in fields. So it's super cool and sets you up for some huge performance gains when you're writing your templates or using element criteria models in your plugins. Yeah, so, I mean, it's a a basic tenet of performance optimization that uh, I.O. is slow. It is slow to hit the disk, right? So the fact that we're able to hit the disk once to and do one MySQL query to grab all of these things that we know we're going to need ahead of time is going to be much, much faster than doing that 100 times. Uh, and it's I think it's great from a templating point of view because if you know you're going to be using this stuff ahead of time, you can optimize uh, for that. And it's also great from a back-end plugin development point of view because the same functionality is available to you there. Uh, and you can optimize your, your queries on the back-end in your plugins as well. Yeah, and speaking of using eager loading in your plugins, there is now actually an interface for your components to use uh, for your field types, uh, especially. There's the uh, eager loadable field type interface. Um, and uh, as long as you implement the signature of the eager loadable interface, um, then craft handles a ton of the heavy lifting for you. Yep. And I was poking around in the, uh, the commerce source last night, don't ask, but I was poking around and they have uh, the eager loading implemented there in a number of places as well. Yeah, because commerce is actually um, a huge culprit for, for problems like this because you have products and the products have variants yep. and then the, the product variants have images and, and relationships and, and things. And so you can really, really quickly spin up just an, an awful lot of queries. Um, but the place to go look is, um, well, you want to look at the I, uh, the I eager loading field type. That's the interface. Um, and then... Um, in the element type interface now, there's the get eager loading map method, which gives your element type the opportunity to add uh, custom support for, for eager loaded stuff. Um, and so between the element types and the field types, um, Craft just gives you a really nice interface for enabling eager loading in your plugins that consume elements, but also in your plugins that create their own elements. So really, really, really nicely done by Pixel and Tonic and is going to just solve a whole ton of performance use cases. Um, so I know a lot of people are happy about eager loading. It's not uh, difficult to implement at all. Uh, it's basically just you telling Craft, hey, when you're getting this, I'm also going to need these things. And the way you do that in your templates is you just use the with yep. parameter. So I'm going to load my blog posts with all of their related assets. Um, and actually, there's there's another parameter. There's the with transform parameter right. now because uh, as you're looping through your assets, um, if you are applying an image transform to your assets, that takes a query because Craft has to check to see whether that transformation has already been generated before. Uh, and so if you have a lot of assets that you're applying transforms to, you can spin up a lot of queries, but if you use the with transform parameter to say to craft, I want to list out all these assets and I already know that I'm going to apply this transform to them, then craft can query all of them at the same time and save you a ton of queries. Yeah, and some people might be saying to themselves, well, why doesn't it just do this for everything? 
Um, and the reason is that craft doesn't know what you're going to use or how you're going to use it. Uh, when you ask for a bunch of entries, it doesn't know what of those entries you care about. Um, so this is a way for you to tell craft, I really am going to need these things. Uh, and then you'll end up with a, a great combination of uh, lazy loading things that you either don't need or don't need often uh, and preloading things that you definitely need and are going to need ahead of time. Yeah, and that's one of Craft's big strengths as a system uh, is that it doesn't make assumptions, and so it's not going to waste time and effort loading a bunch of stuff that you may not use, but if you tell it what assumptions to make, then it will go ahead and, and do the nice elegant thing and, and save you a ton of performance and a ton of computation. Yep. So I'm real excited about that. Another really cool thing that they have done is a chart library. Do you want to tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, well, so the chart library is uh, in its early stages, but they've uh, they've added some of their own charting functionality because uh, they needed it for commerce, um, yep. for the commerce dashboards and, and to do like reporting and analytics stuff. Um, but the cool thing is it's all, uh, they're using D3, the the very popular graphics library, which uh, I think is a, a fantastic choice. Um, so D3 is under the hood, and they've created some really cool helper functions. Everything is namespaced under the craft.charts in the JavaScript, and there's also a PHP helper class. There's the chart helper now um, that makes it easy to pull data out of PHP in the format that the chart library is going to need it for its input. Uh, and so it's cool because if you're building custom plugins uh, for commerce or for anything that would benefit from some chart rendering, any kind of analytics or reporting, uh, you can use some of Craft's built-in library. Yeah, so first of all, serious kudos for them choosing D3 yeah. as the foundation for this. If, if you've ever worked with charting stuff, um, D3 is pretty amazing. It's used for some ab absolutely outrageous stuff. Um, Brandon did mention that the uh, the charting stuff, they implemented just enough to get going uh, what they needed, um, but that you can expect that there will be some, uh, some updates to the chart library uh, coming very soon. Yeah, and uh, kudos to Benjamin David, who most people know as Duct, but uh, is on staff at Pixel and Tonic now. Benjamin has been giving us nice, pretty charts for our analytics for uh, a long time now, and it's really cool to see the work that he's doing yep. to bring that functionality into Craft proper. I know that Ben invested a ton of time in like making the right choice in terms of a graphics library and getting everything really nicely styled and nicely customized. So you know that yeah. that kind of stuff you know is so time consuming and takes just so much love to get it right but man once you get it right the experience for your end user is just so elevated um, yep. so shout out to ben yeah and, and just from my point of view as a developer i'm the only downside to d3 really is that it is huge i mean it can literally do anything so i think it's pretty fantastic that they are working on a chart library that kind of sits in the middle makes it a little bit easier and more accessible for you to implement some of the power of d3 without investing a whole lot of time in learning it so one of the other things that I saw in this rather large update list to Craft 2.6 that I think is pretty cool uh, is that they updated to uh, a newer version of Twig, which includes something that is near and dear to your heart, and that is the, the null coalescing operator is now available to everyone using 
Twig and Craft. It's a bittersweet moment for me because it means that if you <laughs> update to Craft 2.6, you can uninstall my QQ plugin. But if you've been following, keeping up with Craft for a while, uh, you know how much I love the null coalescing operator. And so uh, kind of as a result of needing it and, and building into this plugin, uh, we started the conversation over the Twig project and it was implemented into the Twig core. And so now that Craft has pulled in the most recent version of Twig, the null coalescing operator is native to craft in your templates. Which is great that it's in core. However, all is not lost for your plugin because it's all well and good if you're able to say, well, I'm working only on craft 2.6 or later. But if you want that functionality uh, on maybe some older installs of craft, I mean, it's still a very valid reason to have your plugin installed and use it, right? Yeah, well, and that was the big reason, really, that I decided to build it into a plugin is because, uh, you know, so that you could build with the assumption that you're going to upgrade later. You know, if you're on PHP 5 that doesn't have the null coalescing operator, you can build as though you are already on PHP 7 even before you actually are. Or if you're on, you know, Craft 2.5, you can build as though you're on 2.6 even if you aren't yet. And so it it lets you get a, a jump start on some nice features that are coming to you later. And I'm actually, you know, the docs are actually pretty decent on the plugin now. Um, and it, it kind of explains why and where you might use the null coalescing operator. So uh, hopefully that'll still be a good resource for, for folks. Um, I also really appreciate some of the love given to the rich text editor in Craft 2.6. Um, lots of little niceties uh, related to adding links, being able to customize the types of links that your WYSIWYG editor can add to content, um, being able to select specific asset sources and asset transforms that are available to people editing content in your rich text fields. That was uh, a, a actually pretty common client question or, or use case that I've run into building sites is how can I limit or customize which asset sources are available in my uh, my rich text editors or how can I add you know I don't want just a regular link I want a link button uh, or they've got you know links right. to products so you can add a dynamic link to a craft commerce product um, so lots of niceties added to the rich text editor not necessarily exciting from a technical perspective although behind the scenes they sort of are but like really really exciting to your end author who appreciates not having to open up the HTML source code editor to do some of this these custom right. links. Yeah, because uh, let's be honest, uh, a lot of the people that are editing the content in Craft or putting content in there, the fact that you can uh, limit them in terms of these are the asset sources you can use, these are the, the transforms that make sense, um, it really actually is a big deal to make sure that the front end doesn't get screwed up. You know, so I actually think it's a pretty big deal. Uh, speaking of customizing what your end user can and cannot do, um, another little nicety is that uh, if you are running craft client, meaning your craft site has only a client and admin user, uh, you now have more control over what permissions the client account has. Yeah, which is great because... Prior to that, there there was no way to do it. And now we can say, well, you know, for this client, they're pretty tech savvy. I'll give them access to X, Y, and Z. 
but limit them from doing this. And then you can have other clients that you want them to be able to access the backend, obviously, but there are certain things that you just don't want them to be able to touch. So the fact that you're able to set the specific permissions that the client account uh, runs in, I think is pretty fantastic. Yeah, because, you know, the admin account, uh, when you run Craft Client Edition, has always been, you know, equivalent to a super admin when you're running Craft Pro. It, they just have access to everything. And then the client only had access to um, to content functions. Um, so if you needed to give your client access to anything that wasn't a content function, you had to make them a full-fledged admin. You had to give them right. the password for the admin account, which in many cases allowed folks to shoot themselves in the foot in ways that they didn't necessarily appreciate as non-technical users. And so uh, so it's really nice that you don't have to, to use the, the nuclear option here. You can just create your client account to have exactly the abilities that your end user needs for whatever right. they happen to be doing. And we're going to try and prevent them from running with a chainsaw, you know? And the last little nicety that probably nobody cares about except for me is that the asset file model now has a get path method. So since the beginning, you've been able to access the URL of an asset, but if you wanted just its path, the part that's um, you know relative no matter what host or environment you're using, you had to kind of do some tomfoolery with getting the, uh, the asset folder model and, and getting its... Uh, path and, and subfolders and stuff. And so it's really nice to just have a, a get path helper on the, the asset itself. I use this all the time when I'm building importing scripts uh, or, or exporting scripts or, um, you know, or APIs or stuff that I'm messing around in a bunch of different environments or hosts or I'm moving things around from server to server and I don't want craft to pay attention to the URL. I only want it to care about just the, the path. Um, the relative path, and so this is really helpful just from a dev perspective. It's a little uh, little nice helper function, the asset get path. Yeah, and I actually wrote a plugin uh, called Path Tools to do a yeah. lot of this manipulation for exactly that reason. Yeah. Um, so it's great to see some of that native. Yep. We could talk forever about the improvements in Craft 2.6, but um, to learn about everything else that happened in Craft 2.6 that we don't have time today to talk about, go check out the changelog. Um, and if you're feeling especially adventurous, go pull up the craft release GitHub. A thing that a lot of people uh, don't know or sort of forget about is that the source code in its entirety and all of its history is sitting on the Pixel and Tonic GitHub in the craft release project. And one of my favorite things as a developer to do when a new major release comes out is just go look at all of the diffs and you yep. can learn so much in terms of like, you know, what algorithms are getting introduced, what patterns are getting introduced, what components are getting introduced and getting phased out, things getting refactored, bugs getting fixed. You can learn so much. I mean, just every time there's a release, I go look at the changelog and I go look at the, the diffs in the code. And it's a new lesson in software development that I really appreciate. So, um, yeah, I, I, I concur. I heartily encourage you, you know, this weekend, take half an hour and just go read the changelog, go look at some diffs. Your knowledge of craft as a system and the, the things that you can do with it um, will, will grow so fast if you do that. So I'm really excited about the stuff 
that came out in 2.6. You forgot something very important. What did I forget? There is a major bug that was fixed in 2.6 that you are very excited about and forgot to mention. It's about uh, the German word that oh. was getting wrapped in <laughs> mid-word on the entry pages. Yes, yes indeed. I, Einstruck datum fixed a bug yeah. where Einstruck datum was getting word-wrapped mid-word on the edit entry pages. Eintrags datum. That was something you were waiting on, right? That was a very momentous moment for you when that was <laughs> fixed, wasn't it? <laughs> Yes, yes, indeed. Um, Eintragsdatum. Uh, what that means is... Uh, Einstragdatum. Okay. Is that how you say it? Yeah. Eintrag is entry and datum okay. is date. So Eintragsdatum is, is the date belonging okay. to the entry, the entry date. All right. You know, German has... Basically every word in the German yes. language is at least... 32 characters long and so a word it's hard for everything. to lo- you know <laughs> to localize a uh, a control panel in german uh, but i actually have german clients and so uh, so yes that's a very useful um i wouldn't call it a catastrophic bug but i'm glad that they <laughs> fixed it <laughs> it's like you know you can't fault anybody for not thinking about the word now wait a minute i just did a, a translation and it said uh-huh. that the the word is weitstrittdatum Come again? When I, I did a I did a translation where I put Einstrike datum in, and the English comes out as entry date, right? And then I uh-huh. flip it back where I translate entry date into German, and Google says it's Beitstritz datum. Let me see if I can get this to... Here we go. Beitstritz datum. Oh, Beitstritz datum is your entry into a, a group or a position or a like a contract, ah. uh, a, a treaty, your entry into a treaty. Gotcha. The date that you sign a treaty is your entry date into that treaty. Yeah, so I imagine that that wasn't the entry date that <laughs> Pixel and Tonic was going for for the craft control panel. I think they probably picked the right translation in, in Eintragsdatum. <laughs> okay. This is really valuable information, sure. I think, for our listeners to, to know. For sure. <laughs> Um, all right. Well, we could talk forever, but we got to wrap it up. Um, thanks for joining us. And if you like what we're up to, then find us on iTunes. Give us a nice shout out on iTunes or hit us up on Twitter at Keep Up With Craft. Um, and y'all have a great weekend. All right. See you guys later.